welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Well, <clears throat> just read uh, from Ephesians chapter 1. Um, again, this is a message Bible. And I was thinking about this when I was on my way down here today and I'm thinking, sometimes when I read this chapter, um, I just feel like I'm sat right next to Paul, you know, while he's writing it and he's getting so excited about what he's writing. And it feels like, well, I just feel so involved when I'm reading it, like, like we're best mates. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's good. So he says, I, Paul, am under God's plan as an apostle, and I love this bit, a special agent of Christ Jesus. I love that message translation. I writing to you, faithful believers in Ephesus, I greet you with the grace and peace poured into our lives by God our Father and our Master Jesus Christ. How blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and he takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. See again, John, this is the whole world he's talking about. Long before he laid earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. Let's put that there. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments. Yes, chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything. He provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and, and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. There's a lot of stuff in this, Jonas, isn't there? About the human race. And I love this verse. I'm going to read it twice, I think. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Great that, isn't it? Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had us. His, he had his eye on us. This is long before we knew Christ. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything, Jonas, and everyone. 
it's just more scripture, isn't it? To, Which verse is this? this is verse 11 and 12, Ephesians 1. Again, it's a message translation. I like the message translation because it's the it's it's the near, it's the Aramaic, it's the nearest translation to the the way the peasants, the de well, like me, don't don't know nobody like you know just the ornery people, yeah, the ornery people of the day spoke like I think I mentioned last week. Jesus just said to him, "Get lost." To say it, get lost. That's why. <laughs> but that was the tone of it. Do one, get lost. You know. Well, well that's how it's, this. That's why I like this translation because it's it it's the nail on the head. It does. So I will read that again. I put this on Facebook yesterday. I think sent it to some people because I felt got they needed to hear this. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ or got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. So it, 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 there's a lot in that, John. I need to look at that more because it's just another one to chalk. I think I'll have a blackboard. <laughs> For and against, but the fars, everyone going to be with Jesus is getting bigger. <laughs> so, he's, what he's trying to say here, uh, Paul, is we need to get excited about this because God has a purpose and a plan for every single person on this earth. And he says the first point we need to know is that God. The Father has a plan, an eternal plan. And he formulated this before anything was made, anything was created. Second point, Father has not left the execution of this plan to chance. He's not left it to kings or not left it to, left it to governments, churches and politics, or you and me. He has appointed an executor of his will. He has placed one in charge, and we know that's Jesus. He fulfilled it all. He did it all. And now, third point, that plan is absolutely fulfilled for all the earth, every person on this earth. He's not talking about what might happen later, but he's, he's getting things straightened. Paul sees that God's plan has an astonishing surprise in it. The Father has appointed the Son to step forth and work out his eternal purpose. And we all know that Jesus has come and we all know that he's finished the work. What the, the Father planned for us before creation has now been decisively fulfilled in Christ Jesus. This is the beginning. This is just, all. it's all been done for us. We don't have to strive our work anymore. We just have to Listen to Jesus. We just have to read. Oh, we've got our best friend with us. His purpose is to declare his love to this whole world. Right, now let me just... Yeah. This world is not an accident. This world that God created was purpose. There was purpose in it. You know... Um, 
you, you know, the scripture that says that he knew you and me when we, we were in our mother's womb. You know, we weren't accidents. You know, you know, I weren't born in wedlock. I, I you know, my, my dad was um, a bigamist and, um, and the, he was in the army, he'd gone AWOL and the, the MPs picked him up and so I never saw that father again. I mean, obviously I was only a baby. But the stigma attached to, especially in them days, it's not as bad now, but in them days it was bad, was really, really bad. And you, you know, you were, I don't even like saying that word, but a B-A-S-T-A-R-D, yeah. Yeah, you, you were noted as what, and if your friends found out you were, then you'd, you'd get all that stuff again. So you, 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 I, I, I grew up because... My mum, she used to get drunk sometimes and she, she wasn't... And I was going to church, I've been going to church since I was 11, I used to take myself off to church. But she'd get really drunk and she'd bawl and shout, it's all your fault that I'm married to him, which was my stepdad. If I hadn't had you, you know, and when you're young like that, you know, I was 11, 12, you, you kind of take that stuff on board, you know. And it's thinking, I wish I'd never been born, I've ruined her life and... And I'm not much cop myself, you know. So yeah, you get this thing, get the stigma. But can I just tell you from now that God knew me in the womb. They might think it by an accident, but you know what? I'm a child of his and we are children of his. And no matter how and where we're born, it makes no odds at all. So when I got to know this, I mean, when I was young, you know, I got saved when I was 11, became born again as it said in them days um i started to feel wanted because the church were like my family my mum and dad and they looked after me and even clothed me bought me food and clothes because we were we were very very poor you know but they made they adopted me into their family that's what they did they actually adopted where i used to live at church there was only one day didn't go to church that were on a thursday the rest of the week there was some on and I lived there because it's good to feel wanted isn't it it's good to be part but you know that's what God is saying you are important and I knew you when you were in your mum's womb and I've created all this with a purpose and a plan um, so we're not accidents whoa in verse 4, he speaks about um, adoption. Uh, verse 5, I beg your pardon. And I looked it up on, on the internet, the definition of adoption. And it, it's the act of, of accepting with approval. It's a legal proceeding that creates a parent-child relation between persons not related by blood. The adopted child is entitled to all privileges belonging to a natural child of the adopted parents, including the right to inherit. Now, as you know, we've got five adopted children, and I think I mentioned last week it was now because they didn't have to go through childbirth or postnatal depression and all that awful stuff that can happen. Um, but the difference is that my kids were chosen. I chose, we chose our children. 
you know what I mean? They weren't accidents or even if we'd planned them, you know, we actually chose them. When they rang us up and said, we've got two little boys who are coming into care and, and we, we were wondering if you and Roy would like to foster them. And my husband said, no chance. Can't be doing with nappies because we're only babies, you know. One we're baby and one we're a little toddler. And um, we, we went to the hospital to pick them up. And uh, we brought, when we went to br bring them home, my husband said to me, if these children come up for adoption, we will adopt them. And this is the one who didn't want to be bothered. We will adopt them. And that's what we used to tell our boys, because our boys used to brag at school, used to say, oh, we're adopted. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I'm my, real, my, my mum's real child. Said, yeah, but you weren't chosen, were you? <laughs> <laughs> and I always used to say, hiya, Alan. I always used to say, good on you. Good on you, that's what it is. <laughs> and, and I were on Facebook this morning and um, there's a little, uh, it's called Happy Grandma, Happy Grandma's Photo. And it's a picture of a little baby. And it was just in keeping with today. And it says, I'm not a mistake. I'm not a problem. I'm not a burden. I'm not an inconvenience, I'm not a nuisance, I'm not an accident, I'm not a punishment, I'm a miracle. You and I are miracles because God has taken us, adopted us, chosen us and made us his number one kids. Isn't that amazing? Chosen, we're actually chosen. So my boys brag that they are Chosen ones. <laughs> chosen ones. <laughs> right, okay, so that's what he did for us. We, we even chose her sex, right? Because in, in my, other, my first marriage I had four, uh, three girls and a boy. And it just so happens this adopted lot, we have four boys. and Well, we have two girls really, but adopted, I mean, we have a, a girl. And do I like boys better than girls? Do I like girls better than boys? <laughs> I think they both. <laughs> I, I'm not biased. Sometimes I think, oh, flipping it. I wish I'd had girls and not boys. Oh, flipping it. Oh, girls are hard work. You know, they're all lovely. They're all beautiful. <laughs> they all come with their own um, problems like we did when we were younger. But he has chosen us. And just as we are, I don't want to change us. He loves us just the way that we are, you know. In my day, I was trying to be different. I was trying to be quieter and subdued. That's just an impossibility because that's not who God made me. God made me this loud, brash person who, who I am. And tough luck, if you don't like it, well, there's no I can do about it. It's just the way it is. God has chosen you. Do you that? You are a gentle couple. You can tell that just by looking at you. And you know, that's beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Because I used to be want to be like that. But we are who we are. And it's great we've got a dad who accepts us just the way we are. He loves our personalities. He loves our characters. You know, and, and we try and, sometimes we try and change. Oh, I'm trying to be better. No, no, he loves us just the way we are. Because he chose us. Isn't that great? He chose us. Thank you, Jesus. 
So God chose you and I to be adopted into this family, included in the circle of his own fellowship and brought into a life of shared communion. Right, I'm sure you'll have seen these. Probably a different set than this. Mine are ever so hard to open. But we have this amazing... We'll just work with them too. We'll take you out, baby. <laughs> Actually, this is us, isn't it? I, I, sorry, sorry, I left you. <laughs> but this is what he's done with us, is actually... This is the Trinity. This is who they are. They have this because he always said, you know, in my day, three friends don't work. They don't work, but that is such a fallacy, isn't it really? Because that's a human thinking. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work beautiful, beautiful together. And the amazing thing is, they have us right in the centre. And Holy Spirit and Jesus. And I should have brought one out. There we are. <laughs> and we're totally, totally, thanks, sweetheart. We're totally, totally, totally in Christ Jesus. Wherever you go, whatever you do, that could be a song, that couldn't it? Wherever you <laughs> go, whatever you do. But what you are a triune being. You've got Father, Son, and Spirit with you all the time. He never leaves you and he never forsakes you. Even when we mess up, no way. In fact, it probably giving you the biggest dog ever when you do mess up. We are adopted into his family. We are in Christ Jesus. We're surrounded by love. We're surrounded by wisdom. We have the wonderful voice. You know, that time when you just need to hear something and, and he speaks his wisdom many times. Um, God has given me some wisdom and I've gone to write. What do you think about it? Wow, where'd you get that from? I said, is that brilliant there? And I said, no, 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 no. It's, it's God, but it's Dad speaking to us and he does. And we give him all the praise and all the glory for it, yeah? Because we are complete in Christ. What, what was that? Here we go with this thing again. Hold on. I, I love that verse. It's just... <clears throat> It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. What kind of living? Glorious living. Oh, especially when we're having a party or great fellowship together. No, it's for all time. It's when, you know, the toughest things in life come at, at us, whatever it might be. You know, I'm not even going there. But he's given us this enriched, <laughs> prosperous, amazing blessing and life in the toughest of times. And, you know, that's when we know that we know that we are a spiritual being because there's, a, there's this connection with dad, you know, um, this is a, the amazing thing. You know, they say, oh, oh, uh, like our Adam. <clears throat> there are a lot of traits in our Adam because he is Daniel, my son's son, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I can see Daniel in him a lot, yeah. I can. 
But the most beautiful thing about being adopted into dad's family is the blood is Jesus, yeah? And that blood is a real life-giving blood that makes us closer than even a birth child. Do you understand? Because he's our we're his because of the blood of Jesus. You can get no more powerful than the blood of Jesus. So we are true lineage of Father God. We are his kids. And my children, my adopted children, are as real and as rich and loving to me. And they'll get the inheritance when we pop our clogs. They will get the inheritance from our house, just like my other kids. In fact, my other two are not getting out. They've got the dad, so... But we sorted that out. That's no problem. They're grabbing a bit of my jewellery. So it's on tape, girls. <laughs> no, they know. They know. They know. But they get the same inheritance. You, you understand me? And the thing, like, father, like, son, yet yeah, Adam is very much like his dad. But guess what? We take after our dad. Our father in heaven. And we have his love in us, don't we? The love of God constrains us. We're born of love. So we're born in his image and on this journey. We're learning, aren't we? And we're not learning, oh, to be like him. We are him on this journey. And we get these nuggets of wisdom where we don't do that work, but we're, we're becoming more like him. And we don't have to do it. We don't have to work at it. Well, I'm going I'm to try and be a good daughter of dad, my father in heaven today. I'm real, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna buy somebody shopping, I, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna do that, and I'll see that lady across the road, I'm, I'm real gonna try. It's not like that. What happens is this constraint, this feeling of compassion and love, that because we're born of God, we've got his heart, is in us, and we're just constrained to do it. And they'll say, oh, thank you so much, and they give you all that praise and all that. But, but we know it's him in us because we are born of the plan and purpose. In Ephesians, before the foundation of the world, he had a purpose and he had a great, big, amazing plan. And you know that plan is just to, uh, what's the word? Just to rest in him and just, you know, my children... Don't work at trying to please me. In fact, they do the opposite, try and wind me up. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It don't, they don't work at it. I'm the mum. Roy's the dad. So they're just like, oh, go in the fridge, see what there is to eat, you know. Uh, uh, mum, have you got a bit of money? I, I've lost my money for both. Uh, you know, they're just like, I'm the mother. That's what they do. That's what how it is. Well, you know what? He's our dad. And I don't have to fast and pray and got my hands and knees and do penance and all that. I just have to ask. I just have to open my mouth and say, Dad, I've got a problem here. Can you sort it? And, and we have a good talk, me and the Lord. And then leave it there. I don't go looking here, there and everywhere. I think he knows about it and he'll, it'll be sorted. It'll be sorted. And if nothing happens, well, nothing happens. He's obviously got a big overall plan. 
We are so part of him. We are adopted into his family and you are so loved, so individual with all the hurts you've had, with all the happy things that's happened, you know, you are just so, so, so loved. And you know what that plan is? It's not to go and be a missionary or um, be a pastor or be a manager of a big factory or be a great singer. You know what that plan is? To be in his presence. Whoa. In his presence 24-7. That's his plan. For that relationship to be this close that whatever comes at us, nothing can penetrate because his love surrounds us. His love oozes out of him into us. You know what I mean? Perfectly, perfectly formed, perfect in him. Um, there's a, a, a great man from years ago, a, a guy called Bath. Um, oh, yeah, here it is. Don't let me miss this out. You'll, you won't see this word in the New Testament, but the Aramaic is, and it's perichoresis, and it means, and I'll read it out, it's in us a mutual indwelling, which is a general acceptance, removes fear and hiding, and creates freedom to know and be known. In this freedom arises a fellowship and sharing that is so honest and open and real that the persons involved dwell in one another. There is union without loss of individual identity. When one weeps, the other tastes salt. And that's perichoresis is what we have with, with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. You remember the son and you said, I'm going to go back to my dad and I'm going to say... Father, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he was doing a bit of manipulation because kids do that, you know, kids do that. And his dad knew that. But did his dad take that on board? No, not at all. When you're in his presence, kids, and you'll learn this too, you can be who you are. I could have had a right balling match with our Millie, you know, and, and feel a bit bad. But I'll tell you what, I can go... My dad's there and he hears all that. And, I, and I'll think, oh, Lord. And he'll say, it's all right, come on. Let's get at it again. He just thinks, he accepts me. I don't try and hide. You can't hide from God anyway. When you're doing it, He's there with you. He's never going to leave and never forsake you. So what, why do we try and put this pretend son that, uh, and pretend that I did it for another motive? No, this is here. In this freedom arises a fellowship and sharing that is so honest and open and real. Do you, do you not think that just lifts, excuse me, a load of pressure off you when you can be who you are? With Dad, I think that is awesome. I do, honestly. 
I can have a little rant and a little rave, but it's not, it doesn't change his love for me. It doesn't alter anything. I can be who I am. And it talks about this triune relationship we have with Father, Son and Holy Spirit, that this is just be who you are. Don't think we've still got to attain something. We've still got to go a bit further along the journey before, you know, we're accepted. Nah, nah. We are accepted, full stop. We are loved, full stop. Nothing can separate us from his love. We read that in the word, don't we? His, his love is so wide. You know that song? His love so wide, you can't get out of it so deep it was a Sunday school one we used to sing but it is right you can't you can't run away from God you just can't because he's after you <laughs> he's a, and he uses people doesn't he just to put that word of encouragement or whatever in you so we are adopted we're adopted into his family and he just loves us Whoa. So he, he is our inheritance in everything we do, everywhere we go. He is our inheritance. God has the best for you. And you know what? We are tailor-made for him. Absolutely tailor-made. Isn't that great? You know, when you think you come from nothing and you, you've perhaps not had such a a good start in life and then yeah. you start getting these little bits of revelations that build into bigger ones that that love it goes so deep it even reaches beyond the grave sometimes doesn't it I've heard many of my testimony people who have died um, come back to life and have, Muslims actually and Hindus come back to life and just met Jesus Amazing. His love is so deep. So, so. I suppose, really, what I feel God is saying to us this afternoon is just be at rest in Him that He's your dad. And whether your father looked after you or not, or your mother did or not, you know what? The best love in the world is Dad's love, yeah? My friend Carol, she had a really bad upbringing similar to mine and her father used to beat him about a bit and, and, and left home in the end. So she'd never ever loved, the, known the love of her father and sometimes you get a, you have, get a bit of baggage with that, you know, and then you start dating the wrong men, um, similar to her father and, and, and things didn't work out, you know. Um, and, and it can leave a lot, a lot of scars on you, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons that what God's doing in the church worldwide now, because it's, it's happening all over now, is revealing more of the Father heart of God than it was, you know, when it started in Toronto all those years ago, about the Father's heart. There's just more and more now that we're as kids and we just walk in every second of every day in him, even though we might not realise it, we're walking every second of every day into the shop, into school, into the nursery with the kids, oh, and he's there. And his love is just surrounding us and he's in us 
and he, can, he never, ever, ever leave us. I've gone way off what I was saying, but it doesn't matter, does it? Might be an early thing at the moment, but I just want to end by giving you a, a, a testimony. Um, I, I was showing it with Rebecca earlier on. Um, we have this little girl, um, Esther Ruth, and um, she's a, we adopted Esther. Esther was... Um, was she f f four, nearly four months, I think, when we adopted her. And we got this phone call about this little girl from the, the agency that we work for, fostering agency. We would, would you take this little girl in? She's not going to live. She's um, in intensive care, and the, she's been in there for four weeks, and they're desperate. They need the, the units, and there's no room. Would you, could you do that? Could you take this child knowing that she's possibly going to die. And uh, it just got to me that, you know. I said, no. I said, yeah, well, I said she's not going to die. She's not going to die. She's going to live. Because my daughter had prophesied six months earlier that Roy and I were going to have this little girl. And when we got to her, there was no life behind her eyes. I didn't understand what that meant at the time. So, and it never even meant in my head. So we went to see this little, she was only tiny like this. Um, she was two pounds when she was born. She had severe brain damage because her parents were drug addicts and, and alcoholics and she had to be weaned off the drugs. And uh, she, had, she had her eyes closed all the time we had her. So we had to have this meeting with all these doctors before, because we were going to foster her. Um, so there are all these doctors in this room and they're all saying, you do know, Mr and Mrs Bowles, that this little child will probably not live. And again, you sometimes, have you ever been like that? Sometimes you're speaking out before you, you've even given that. And I stood up and said, she's not going to die. She's going to live. And Roy pulled me down. <laughs> I said, she's going to live and she's going to tell of wonderful things. Right, Mrs Bowles, you know. So I'd already had this conversation with, the, with my foster lady who ran the agency. So we brought her home and she was a tiny, tiny little thing. And she, she was completely brain damaged all the way around. It was only this part that hadn't been damaged. And she, this little girl opened her eyes, no life whatsoever. She just used to lay there. I used to feed her and she'd just stir. And uh, I thought, and I remember the prophecy of Ruth said, this is, the, this is the little girl. I says, I know. And I thought, well, she's come to us for a reason. She's not going to die. I know she's not going to die. So I said to the Lord, what are we going to call her? So he said, I want you to call her Esther because she's come to the kingdom for such a time as this because that's what Esther means. And I want you to call her Ruth after the prophet, so we put the full name she was called, she's called Esther Ruth, one name. So they had this teacher um, come once a fortnight, right from, a, from coming to our house, who used to roll her around and she used to talk to her and she used to say to me, whatever you do, use good language, she said. Um, long words, short words, but her brain will take them in. So I thought, strange but so, so we did we just did and every single night my husband 
would pray a prayer over her. And we used to thank the Lord that she could, because she couldn't see and she couldn't hear, by the way. And my, my daughter Ruth um, had a vision while she was in the hospital and this big angel over a, the head of a cot, at the top of a cot, and she got her eyesight back and she got a hearing. And the doctor just couldn't, just didn't understand it. They don't know all the workings of the brain anyway, do they? But she, that's what happened. So um, we called the rest of Ruth and uh, this, we used to speak these words to her. My husband, we got this prayer, my husband would, and he still does the same prayer. She knows it off by heart now. Thank you, Lord, that I can walk, talk, sing, dance, go to the toilet, um, and all because of you, Jesus, and be just like other little girls. And, and around that, that's what, all those years, she's 15 today. And um, we went to the Maldives on holiday with her. And she rolled over, because it said she'd never move. She, and she was about, I think she was about six months, something like five or six months. And she rolled over on the bed and it was like me and Roy were having a party because <laughs> this is amazing. To cut a long story short, she just got better and better. And one day I picked her up. And we always dance, mean that she loves music. She worships all the time. She's in a room, you'll see her. She just worships, just worships. YouTube, she's got them all on, Christian stuff and worships. All her life she's worshipped. Um, whoa. And, uh, oh gosh, what am I up to? So yeah, I picked her up and I were dancing with her. And she looked at me and smiled. And she was about, seven months old and she'd never done that never never smiled never and she has and all the time Roy's speaking the truth over and every day she would do something different she's in a special needs school she's as clever as they come the only thing she can't do is walk yet right she can sing she's a rock singer you should hear her sing rock singer she is amazing the word of God bears fruit. And our Esther is an amazing person and loves the Lord. One time when I was preaching in church here, I was just speaking this word. <laughs> I hear this voice, go, mum, go. And it's Esther Ruth, go. And it blessed me so much because she, she, she said she wouldn't have any sense. She said she'd die. Well, obviously she didn't die. And we know she weren't going to die. Uh, but things are just getting better and better with her. So we're at hospital tomorrow to see if they can do something about her legs because her legs are like, you know, cerebral palsy. She's completely stiff in her legs. She's great with her left side, but not very good with her right side. But she does absolutely amazing. And the reason I'm telling you this is God cares so much. I mean... They were going to pour her, they were going to abort this child. You know, this child was going to be aborted and that was it. But this child lived and lives and has a great life. She's got four brothers who absolutely adore her. And she's a big, she's a tomboy, but she's got four brothers. It's understandable, isn't it? But she is an amazing gift from God to us, you know. Um, I could tell you more other stories, and we will do sometime. Whoa. Every time I look at him, 
Holy Spirit's on you, kid. <laughs> but we have a dad that absolutely loves us as is, and is interested in every single part of us. And we are adopted into his love. Isn't that a privilege and an honour? Eh? Father, we just thank you for your, your amazing love. Absolutely. You're just, you're just wonderful. And you have made us, Lord, deserving even. You've even brought us to that point, Lord, where we used to think like we're rubbish, that we, we, just, we just mess up all the time and put our foot in it. And, but you don't even see it. You're just like you, that son that came home and I, we're going to ask his forgiveness. And it says you wasn't even listening. The father wasn't even listening. Because that love transcends transcends everything it, it, there's nothing beyond we couldn't you couldn't turn your back on us lord because that's not who you are you are just love you are love and we just want to thank you for that love and i just pray lord for all these lovely students today lord that wherever they are on their journey lord that they will just be comforted by Holy Spirit, be strengthened in the inner man by Holy Spirit, that wisdom, Lord, will just pour into their hearts and revelation will just cover them, Lord, as they just journey on this amazing, uh, this amazing journey <laughs> because we've got you, Father, we've got you, Holy Spirit, we've got you, Lord Jesus, who are encompassing about, we're right in the centre. You're encompassing us about, Lord, and we are, you are with us 24-7, and you're with us beyond time. You take us out of this and into time in our dreams, and I pray you'll do that more, Lord, with this generation, that give them dreams and visions like never before, Lord, that transcends anything that they've ever experienced. Lord, and the lean on that stick on Jacob, up stick and remember all the wonderful things that you've done and now that you got them through that and you'll get them through the next part and we just thank you for that and thank you for being an amazing dad because you are the best dad ever because you are father in jesus name we bless you lord amen thank you for listening to the our destiny podcast for further information check out www dot idestiny.org.uk